welcome. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese here with you. Donovan Bennett is off today. He will be back tomorrow. And of course, he's back tomorrow because we've got so much to talk about tomorrow. Although we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, um, and so there's been, a, there's a lot going on and, and you know, we, we could, we're going to talk about, uh, and Adam Rank is going to join us in, in just a second here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit with him about the Matt Canada firing. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Patriots and their QB situation. And Hey, Bailey Zappi was taking second team reps yesterday because Bill Belichick wants to make us think uh, before we get to Mr. Rank. I do want to play this clip here. This is, this is Tom Brady on with Stephen A. Smith talking about the product in the NFL right now. Here you go. There's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. That was a hell of a comment. You know, there's a reason why all this is happening. And I bet our next guest has an answer to Mr. Brady's mediocrity comment. Adam Rank from NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank joins me now. Mr. Rank, firstly, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? By the way, Ben St. He's not an American, is he? Like, we're off. Like, we're the, we're the, like, this country shuts down for a full week on Thanksgiving now. Yeah, like you, you guys do it right. In the day. Do we? Yes. I don't know. We, we also have it at the worst. No, we have it at the worst spot too. I don't it's know. Also, like we try to we try to wedge in we try to wedge in Thanksgiving like it's uh, David Spade stopping at the comedy store. Like, okay, we'll squeeze you in between <laughs> these other two comments. Like, why don't we do it like you guys? Like, you have it in October. It gets yeah. a full ramp up. Like, it's a lot of fun, and it doesn't get short changed because once listen, once we're done trick or treating. And your guys' Halloween is at the end of October, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they change it to just the last Saturday in October because that would be the logical thing to do. Why don't you do – who – yes, please do that. That that makes way too much sense. And so – but in any ways, like, I don't know. Once once we get that last Snickers bar, I'm uh, (laughs) I'm singing Christmas carols. I'm in. I'm like, I'm sorry. And then, you know, and and the wife is like, well, I love Thanksgiving. I'm like, you can like Thanksgiving. That doesn't, I, I don't, I don't. She likes, she also likes the band Creed. I don't, like you, you can still enjoy that thing. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to partake. Don't let me diminish your enjoyment of it, but I'm into something else. Like I'm, I'm Christmas now and that's just where I'm at. And so, uh, but I think uh, people that the powers that be have gotten together and like, we'll give everybody the week off unless you drive the freeway in Los Angeles. Then you're, nobody's you're still off. working in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. Everybody else is off. I feel like Thanksgiving is one of those things that for Canadians anyway, like I'm jealous of the American Thanksgiving because I always like some extra days off because I think that's fun. Um, but also I think that if like you, like you think the Canadian Thanksgiving is great. 
it's because we have it every year and we get used to it. It's like, ah, but the other side of the field looks really green. Maybe that's better. And I feel like that's where we're at right now with Thanksgiving. Maybe, but you guys, outside of the weather, like I live in Southern California, the weather's gorgeous. It is, uh, I mean, it's currently 15 degrees right now where I'm at. It'll be in the in the low 20s here in a couple of hours. I'm a couple of hours behind you. So it'll be in the low 20s. So the weather is perfect. That's the only thing you should be jealous of us. Yeah. That that's it. That's the list. What do you what do you what do you envy of America? Uh, the weather in the southern part of the country. Okay, that's it. And then <laughs> list is over. So don't no, your Thanksgiving's fine. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Okay, so on, on this Brady comment about mediocrity, um yeah. you know, I, I I really struggle with this because he talks about the excellence and he talks about, well, you know, there's a lot of factors that are involved in this. One being the owners are really pushing the limits with these guys. Let's have another regular season game. Let's extend the season. Let's, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors to that. Plus, let's face it, there are a lot of really good quarterbacks that aren't playing football right now, which leads to, well, horrible football to watch. Um, just your general thoughts on, on Brady's comments. And I mean, if you agree or not, whatever, but I don't know. I, I feel like it was a kind of hollow answer coming from Tom Brady and excellence. Oh, is it because he's not in the league anymore? Like, I don't get it. There's a little bit of it. And part of it too, like the extra protection of players stems from him. It's like, like when we were in, we were in cool, we were in school and uh, my friend got caught like ditching when we were in high school, my friend, Mark got in trouble. And then, so that, so for a week they're like, you know what? Nobody gets to go off campus for lunch because of this thing. And then Mark was complaining about it. Like that's, I'm like, you're the one who caused it. Like it's your <laughs> fault that I can't go to this uh, fast food place for lunch because you were the one who broke the rule. Like you were the one. So that's, it's kind of a little bit ironic that of all people, it's Tom Brady doing it, but don't let him, don't let that distract from the fact that he's absolutely correct. And there's a lot of things. I think some of the, some of the rules are not only ridiculous, they're not, they're not uh, equally called. Like, you look at Patrick Mahomes, uh, that's a 15-yard penalty. Josh Dobbs, Justin Fields, I think Kyler falls into this category, too. Like, those guys get turfed, and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's, it's fine. Um, so it's not equally called a lot of the times. But I, I think you're onto something when you're talking about the extra game. And I know at some point the NFL is going to move to 18 games because why not? Because they want to make more money, sell more games to Germany. Who cares? Um, and you look at that, and and I have to agree because I really do believe that the regular season is far too long. Like, it, it's far too long. And I know people are like, I just love more football is good. Like, yeah, I'd rather have, I'd rather have, uh, I'd rather have more good football than less mediocre football you know what i'm saying like it's like when yeah. michael scott was ordering pizzas <laughs> from pizza by alfred no 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 you or want alfredo's pizza pizzas pizza. yeah you want alfredo's pizza cafe i always get that wrong by the way i need to i need to button that one up but i would rather have like a, a 14 game season with with you know an extra bye week so players are fresher no thursday night games and like i mean if you just want good football yes like this isn't, but this isn't the way that sports works. It's like, how do we make more money though? Like that's great. And it would be amazing to see better football, but how do we make more money? Like you just don't, I mean, I think eventually you would because more people would become interested. You'd hold people's attention longer. 
Like we're in a stretch of the season right now where people are just kind of like, I'm waiting for the fantasy playoffs. I'm waiting for the real playoffs. Like they'll enjoy it on Thursday when there's three games. I don't know what's going to happen with the Black Friday game. I'm sure people will watch. Well, probably not because it's the Jets and nobody wants to see Tim Boyle. But at the same time, like you just, I don't know, like you've oversaturated it. And I know that Mark Cuban got in trouble for saying this, you know, a couple of years ago, but it's like at some point there's too much of it. And it's like, I don't need, I don't need football running into March madness. I just, I want to have good football for a condensed period of time. And I think Brady's brings up a lot of valid points and he's, and again, even though it's sort of like, dude, you're the one who caused this, but at the same time, he does make a valid point. And if there's anybody who is going to be able to enact some change, you would think it's going to be Tom Brady, but yet I think the owners will ignore him too. It, that was a great poll, by the way, the, the uh, pizza by Alfredo and Alfredo's pizza cafe. I love that. Cause I'm a big office guy. So you can make all the office references you want on this program and I'll be totally fine with it. Um, the, the other thing too, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Thursday game because that's a big part of this as well, because you know, when you look all encompassing at football, generally speaking, I mean, the primetime games in general have been kind of horrible, but the Thursday games have been duds essentially and there's been tons of injuries and all that the thursday game is not going away so i i don't know what the solution is to that problem like maybe it is you know less games or if you want to extend the regular season then teams get two bye weeks like they do you know in the canadian football league it's the same type of deal like they play a lot of games they get two bye weeks that like that could also be baked into the pie as well the problem is is that they're not going to go up against college football until it's done because college football is a juggernaut. And I understand that, but it's the Thursday night game. Maybe, maybe they need to look at moving the Thursday night game to Friday. Give those guys a little bit of extra rest. Like there's gotta be some sort of a, of a, a move here because they could talk about mediocrity all they want. The players just can't stay healthy. And that's a large part of this issue. Yeah. I think two bye weeks is going to be an eventuality regardless of, you know, whether they, well, they're going to bring in an 18 game. So let's just, let's just dispense with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, with the, with the song and dance and pretending that's not going to happen. And I think to make that happen, you have to have a second game. Like you have to have a second bye week, which makes too much sense. And I also, I never understand either. Like why do the bye weeks start in week four? Like, why don't you start those in the middle of the season? Like totally. start it in week, give it a, start it in week nine, give two divisions off for a month. And then uh, just rotate those guys. Like, it it just seems so simple. And like, there's, there's nobody on like, by this week. That's another no. thing. Oh, my gosh. And, like, the Vikings and Lions play in two of the last three games. Like, I've always, like, I know the guy who does the schedule goes on. I've met him before. And I've always been, like, why? Like, how is this so hard? Like, why? Like, is this your job security thing of pretending? Like, it's if, if you look at, like, college football, those schedules are pretty much set like outside of the out of conference games, but like, you know who you play in conference, you know, who your division opponents are like set it up, like put this in a master calendar far in advance. Taylor Swift will work around you. You're fine. Like, don't worry <laughs> about it. It's, it's good. Like, yeah, it, it, people will figure it out. And, but it's just wild to me. I think like, but again, you're uh, the, uh, the proper mind of like, we should understand like these things are never like they're never losing games. They're never going to be like, you know what? You're right. Let's, let's get less games. We, we care about players. They don't let's no. there's always going to be a certain amount of games. 
probably going to be 18. At that point, you have to, like you said, look at solutions. Number one, I don't know why they don't go after college football because for the longest time, Sunday night games, they wouldn't have a Sunday night game against the World Series. And eventually they're like, ah, who cares? We want to make money. And there it is, and it's there. Like at some point, like there are people who don't watch college football and college football is its own thing and be like, all right, we're, we're going to put a game on at five o'clock, uh, five o'clock Eastern. Like I know the SEC fans or the Big Ten fans will be upset, but like, all right, so be it. Like there's just going to be multiple games on. You'll be able to make a decision. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be way better. I would actually say this about the, uh, the Thursday night game. Limit the Thursday. Don't make Thursday night every week. Yeah. You can only play a Thursday night game if you're coming off of a bye. Like that, like if you shorten that Thursday night schedule to you are you have to be coming off a bye to play that game. Or you get a bye. Yeah, you'd have to be coming off a bye to play that game. Or my favorite thing, two games on Monday night. Yeah, two I like that. Two games on Monday night were so great. Yep. And I know it kind of sucks on the West Coast because it starts super early, but you probably weren't watching it if it wasn't your team anyway. So don't worry about it. Um You'll figure it. Plus, people work from home now. Like you're fine. You'll you we'll figure out a solution for you. I think two Monday night games is better than Thursday night games. Yeah, and, and the other thing is too is this notion of well, you can't go up against high school football. That's where I I hit my head against the table. I don't care how big high school football is. The NFL is a juggernaut. So college, I get. High school football is a non-starter for me. Adam Rank, NFL Network, and the Sick Podcast joining Matt Marchese here on the Fan Checkdown. So I, I wanted to go back to the Monday nighter a little bit because I'm watching that game and there's especially at the end. There's only one thought that came to my mind when it was about the Kansas City Chiefs because the, the wide receiver thing is well-documented. We've heard a lot about it. That's fine. But it really does feel like the, the biggest threat to the Chiefs and another Super Bowl appearance at this point is the Chiefs, doesn't it? Yeah, they're, they're missing way too many opportunities. And I don't know. And I kind of got caught thinking, you know, stupidly. And I'm like, oh, they're not going to be – like, they're not going to – they're not going to fall off. Like they're going to be fine. And, um, but no, they're falling off. They're not fine. Um, you know, for whatever reason, this happens to a lot of Super Bowl teams. So like nobody has really been immune, uh, over the last number of years, but they make way too many mistakes. I mean, Travis, Kel I mean, we talk about Marquez Valdez Scantling, like Mark Marquez Valdez Scantling is a mid card jobber anyways. Like, if he botches a move, like, you shouldn't be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, if you see Santino botches a move, you're like, okay, it's not like it was Randy Orton, you know? Um, <laughs> it's all right. But, like, Kelsey dropped one. Like, we were talking about this on the Fantasy Show, and I'm glad you brought this up because we are on the Fantasy Show. We were in our production meeting yesterday, and they're going on, you know, and it, it was a segment I wasn't in. Oh, I was doing the waiver wire hot sauce, so I was getting ready to scream about some waiver wire pickups. So they go um, – they're like, well, Kelsey had a good game. Patrick Mahomes had a good game. And I'm like, you guys have to stop this. I go, you know, they did not have good games. Stop saying that. And they're like, well, Travis Kelsey had 15 points and 15 points for your tight end screen. I'm like, yeah, that's great. If it's Michael Mayer, <laughs> this is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You drafted him in the first round. I need 20 from him. I need 20 points. And they're like, well, and Patrick Mahomes, I'll be, stop it. I'm like, Patrick, what, what are you talking about? Patrick Mahomes. Again, we're not talking about Baker Mayfield. We're talking about a quarterback who, and I mean, MVS should have caught that ball. Like he should have had four touchdown passes. He throws a pick to, I don't know who he was looking at. Like 
Kevin Bayard was right there. Like, I don't know why he's throwing that football. Nobody talked about that. Um, Travis Kelsey dropped one or fumbled one in the red zone. That should have been another one. And the NBA, like, no. And there are people who are like, six, 17 points is not good. Like, it should have been 20, whatever it was. And I don't want to get too bogged into the weeds with fantasy football. But I think a general football fan could look at that game and be like, oh, no. The Chiefs should have put them away, should have won that going away. I know the, the Philadelphia Eagles are a great team. But the Chiefs should have won that game going away. They, they just should have. They were shutting down Jalen Hurts. They should have gone for the kill shot, and they missed it. They missed their opportunity. Yeah, that's a big concern for the Chiefs. And I look at the AFC now, and when we started the season, we're like, oh, the AFC is so loaded. Yeah. They're so good. I'm like, I don't know. I as I'm, wa- I'm I don't want to besmirch Baltimore because Baltimore is playing very well, and I don't want to take anything away from them. But am I crazy to think, and I wanted to do the power rankings column for NFL.com, but I've got to do the, now i got to do stay in your lane, do fantasy. Um, <laughs> I really do believe that the three best teams in the NFL might be NFC teams. I mean, it's Philadelphia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like Detroit and San Francisco. I mean, I think they're better than any AFC. Unless any AFC team, I can't think of who is better. I, don't, I can't think. I mean, you can make an argument for Kansas City, I guess. But didn't the, the Lions beat Kansas City this No, like everybody's beating Kansas City. No. Yeah, the three, I'll say it right now, Matt. Fine. The three best teams in the NFC, uh, the three best teams in the NFL are in the NFC. I see. The only the only one that I would push back on, it would be the Ravens because their defense is going, here, the, the caveat is we got to see what the offense looks like without Mark Andrews. Like that's not an insignificant loss to that offense that it really has been clicking. And in the losses that the team has had, you'd go, well, they probably should have won those. Um, you could maybe make that argument. Well, let's fit the Ravens absolutely trounced the lions as well. Like it's, it's hard for me to look at that. And I, I'm, I'm a big lions uh, believer right now. I have been since the beginning of the season. I said that they were going to make it to the NFC championship game. Um, but speaking on the, on the Eagles, I'm glad you mentioned them because you know, I, I may be overthinking this here, but I don't know what the Eagles are at nine and one because the calling card last year was the defense was elite. The offense was elite. The defense has taken a little bit of a step back, although they've been better in recent weeks, especially since Jalen Carter's been healthy and trying to intercept spikes, which is awesome. Um, but also the offense hasn't been as good as it was last year. Like there were a lot of points where they were up by, you know, 15, 17 points. And it's just like, well, just hand the ball off and off we go. I don't, am I overthinking it saying, I don't know what the Eagles are at nine and one, which is crazy because again, they're nine and one. No, that's a, that's a really good point. I I, I think that it's been unspectacular, but I really, uh, but actually I, they walk that back a little bit. I think the Eagles are a, a solid team. I think one of the things that's the most impressive about them is that, you know, that that play where they go to Devontae Smith and he gets tackled at the one. And yep. you're just like, oh, my God, that's an automatic. Like, you might as well just give him the touchdown. <laughs> Don't even run the play. Stopping, you're not stopping them. I think that's I think that's one of the neatest things in football. I think it's great to have this, like, unstoppable play. I think that's it. I mean, like, I think that's their calling card. It's like they they figured out a glitch in this game. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Super Tecmo. No, was it Super Tecmo Bowl or was it the original Tecmo Bowl? But it was it was one where you could do a, a drop step and dive 
so that anytime one of your friends was running a play that was not out of shotgun, you could do this little drop set dive with like Dan Hampton, and then you would sack the quarterback immediately. And it was a little bit of a glitch <laughs> to the point of like it started fist fights and people were crying, like, you can't do that. I can't beat this play. And so you're like, all right, fine. Like I we I won't run it. Um, I think it's cool to have that kind of a little glitchy play. And it just kind of shows how well coached this team is. And um, I think it's just a, a well-coached team that finds a way to win a game. And I think that's a, that's an excellent calling card. I think that's the kind of D I think that's the kind of stuff that plays in the playoffs as well. They run the ball, they throw the ball, like even in a game where, you know, AJ Brown was non-existent, they still go out there and win a game. So I really, I, I, I think that they, again, it's not, it's not flashy. Actually, it is kind of flashy. Don't give them some flash. I know a good team. I, I think that sometimes that you can just be a good team and you can just be the, uh, you know, what are you doing? It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like watching John Cena where sometimes you get so frustrated by it. You're like, I'm over this. I'm like, oh, no, here comes the attitude adjustment. And that's what it's like. It's like the Eagles have a finishing move that you're just like, all right, nobody's kicking out of this. And uh, I think it's fascinating. But I think the team that's the most fun, and I hate to say this because they just beat my team because I'm a Bears fan, uh, Detroit is just like super fun. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. I go, their, their meathead coach is just the greatest. I'm like, what a gosh. I remember I years ago, we used to do this show on uh, NFL Digital, which would be perfect for now. Uh, it was called The Weekender. It was basically like Joel McHale doing the soup, but it was for football. And it was a lot of fun. And it was when... Dan Campbell was the interim coach for the Dolphins. And of course we started making the PC principal jokes and it was, it was amazing. But that guy, even when he got hired by the lions, I was like, "Eh, I don't know. Like this is, you tried this with Matt Patricia. Could you not have found a more serious guy, but I don't think there's a more serious guy in the league. And it's just like, it's amazing to watch him and how fired up he was. And like trying to take the emotion of my team losing out of it and watching his his post-game speech and everything and you're just like god this guy's amazing like i want to go play football for the lions and it's fun to be the lions and it's it's interesting because we'll 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 say this now but like two years down the road we're going to be sick of this team because they're going to be so good you're like get out i'm tired of the lions winning all the time get them out of here so sick of the oh can we find another team outside of the lions who wins all the time like it's going to be such a weird thing at some point but we'll get there uh and uh and i'm 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 not looking forward to it because i want the bears to be that team but uh I am looking forward to it. So I'm glad you brought up the the Dan Campbell thing because we've kind of talked about it on this show a little bit and um and I'll let you go after this one because I, I know you got things to do but no the, kid, what are you talking about? Now the kids are off school. Like everybody's running amok in the house. I know. I, uh, I'm not there yet. Wanna, but my daughter just started walking, so now it's like complete chaos in my house too. So I understand. That is that is a thing too. Like it's so like when those kids are paperweights, it's so nice because you can sit there. Like I remember, like I I got good at Madden again. My kid, <laughs> when my when my firstborn. Oh my gosh, I was like excellent at Madden once again. And I was sitting there late, you know, and she'd be sitting there next to me in her little seat and just be, it's the best. It was amazing. And then once they become mobile, you're like, all right, Uh, 
this is over. Yeah, it's all done. Uh, but you, <laughs> you talked about Dan Campbell in that, that press conference, and we're like, oh, really? This is what we're doing. But you know what? The, I think we also need to reassess the winning the press conference thing too because Nick Sirianni certainly didn't win his press conference. And everybody fell in love with John Gruden again. And 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 there's so many people that have, quote-unquote, won the press conference and have been horrible as coaches, whereas the guys that, you know, probably lost the press conference, you know, Dan Campbell, Nick Sirianni, everybody thought Nick Sirianni was an idiot. And now Nick Sirianni has gone to a Super Bowl and he may very well be on his way to another Super Bowl appearance with the Eagles. Like, I think we need to reassess how we look at coaches and say, okay, hold on a second. Let's see what they can do on the field and not necessarily judge them by what they say in a press conference, their opening press conference as the new head coach. Yeah, that is, uh, that'll never go away. Again, that's another thing of like, you know, we're, as we make fun of Tom Brady for like, you're the one who did this. Like, we're the ones who also were like, Nick Sirianni, like this guy, what is he talking about? Like, we're, we're there, but I think you're right. I think that we need to be a little bit better. And, you know, even, um, but sometimes like, remember Adam Gase's weird press conference? Like that, I think like sometimes there's some merit. Like that guy looked like I don't know what he was doing. Like he was tripping or whatever he was doing. Uh, uh, but I I agree with you. I I think that some and we we won't stop it because the internet is what it is and people will run with it and you got to be very careful about that. But at the same point, I think for the thinking people, I think for the contrarians like we like to be, Matt, is that we need to be we need to start the movement of like, yeah, let's not always worry about the press conference. Let's not worry about it. if a guy says biting kneecaps, just enjoy it for what it was mm-hmm. and uh, not worry about it and realize that if you say something like, we're going to come and we're going to retake the North and never give it back, that you're going to be cold takes exposed for, for a little bit until that happens. I think, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, but I, I don't know. That's just human nature. That's of just course. the way we are. It's like, listen, that's why shows like America's Got Talent continue. Is that still going on? Yes, Boys. it is. I don't know. Um, that's why those kind of shows go on is that everybody's got to have an immediate gratification and immediately just judge like, Nope, this guy's terrible. Uh, just because of some five second sound bite. So I think that's, I think that's a very fair thing, but I, it's a great ask. It is. And you'll, and you'll do this because you'll, you'll ask your girl as she's starting to walk around the house, please, please don't pick that up. Please <laughs> listen to me. And then they will just ignore you. Like you're not even talking. Yep. And uh, that's the way that everybody's going to be. That's the way it's going to be like in the media. So, uh, you know what? We'll never change. No. We'll try to. We'll try to instill that. You know what it's like. And I'm witnessing something right now. I'm looking at a couple of golfers coming outside here. Is that I'm I'm watching people, and I don't know if this is a problem in Canada because you guys seem so nice. Wow. People, people, <laughs> people playing from the tees that are commiserate with their skill level is something that never happens. And you're oh, missing it right now. It's, no, there's a guy. There's it's a guy ridiculous right here. There's a guy right now. He can't be that old. I mean, he's probably over 60, but not by much. He's playing from the most forward tees with his, uh, with a, with a, with a lady. I don't want to make any assumptions and he's having the time of his life. And he's just playing from, from like, I've never, you've never been an instance where I've walked up to somebody and said, you know what, you need to play from the tees further back. That is a statement never. that's never been uttered to anybody. Nobody's ever said that, like, you know, play the farther tees. Like, no, play the tees that are commiserate with you. And this guy just piped, like, it didn't pipe it as a part three, but uh, just hit a nice little shot. 
And uh, now his lady friend's going to go like that. This is see now I now I'm changing my tune, Matt. Maybe we can change people. <laughs> Maybe we can get people to not overreact to press conferences because somebody got to this person to say like, hey, you and your friend should play from these most forward tees and you'll go out and have a great round and have the time. You're like, oh, can I tell a story? You have to go. Of course. No, I've got all the time in the world. So I was, so one day we were golfing. I know everybody's like, oh, golf chat. This is what we want Adam for. <laughs> nope. I'm going to tell you anyways. So we're sitting there and uh, my friend and I were going to play and uh, we join up with two other singles at a, uh, at a local municipal golf course. And they tee off on the blue tees on the whole one. And we want, okay. and so uh, my friend and I go, Hey, you know, if you guys don't mind, we're going to go play from the white tees. And the guy's like, Oh, like, we'll, we'll, yeah, and both guys were like, oh, we'll play from whites. Like, yeah, it's no big deal. And they they weren't necessarily great. Um, good, but one was pretty good. One was new. And so we all play from the white tees. And so, you know, we, we play the round. And afterwards, uh, one of the singles was very excited. We're like, hey, what's up? Like, it's like, this is the first time I ever broke 100. We're like, oh, my gosh, oh, congratulations. Geez. Like, well, way to go. Like, that's really cool. I go, hey, I, I go out of, you know, curiosity. I know you played from the whites, but, like, you normally always play from the blues. He's like, yeah. I'm like, play from the whites. Yeah, no like, kidding. It's it's not a coincidence that your first your first time breaking a hundred is because you played from the white tees because you didn't you didn't let your ego get. I mean, I'm sure you was probably playing with people who are playing from the blues. I'm like, always insist on it. Like, and I have friends who are like excellent, who are like really good. And we played. Oh, actually, I didn't play, but my friend who took my place like convinced them to play from the white tees. And they're like, yeah, like nobody ever like box at that. Most people be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. I'll play from the white. There, there's nothing more annoying than the macho guy at the golf course that says, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play from the back tees. It's like, well, you shouldn't. Like the course, I, I was a member at a course um, and the, the, the yardage I want to say was 6,600 yards. And it was tough. Like it, you know, not wide fairways in a lot of places, lots of trees. Like it, it was a tough course. And I was just like, no, I'm just going to play from the white tees, which are, is 6,300 yards. It's like, oh, well, it's only 6,300. I'm like, are we really doing this right now? Like on a good day, I would be shooting around 90, maybe get to 86, 87. That's wonderful. And these guys are going and they're shooting the same as me. Oh yeah, we got to play from the back tees. It's so much tougher. I'm like, yeah, but why don't you want to enjoy this? That's my yeah. thing with golf is enjoy yes. it. Don't make it a, a, a task. Like this shouldn't be a hassle. It shouldn't be annoying. It's golf. Hit a good shot here. Hit a bad shot there. Off you go. Um, but hit the good one so that you come back. That's what I always say. No, I'm with you. And I, I, I mean, like the game's hard enough as it is. Like even yeah, no kidding. guys, like look at what happened to Justin Thomas, like during the course of their season, like that's how difficult and how quickly things change. So just go out there and have a good time. Nobody's impressed by you playing from the blues if you're not if you're not an excellent player. So just don't go through just just play the commiserate. That's that's my Thanksgiving message to to all of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, play from the tees that fit your skill level. Yeah, play from the tees that fit your skill level and don't be a jackass. That's what we try and do over here. Uh, listen, you've spent a lot of time with me today. By the way, Jeff Azaparty said to say hi. I spoke to him this morning. Yes! He, said, he said, say hi to rank for me. I said, I will do that. Um, and uh, and and enjoy the Thanksgiving. I know there's a lot of football. Enjoy your turkey or, or whatever you, you guys are eating. I'm assuming it's turkey. Most people eat turkey. turkey but yes. en enjoy it and enjoy all the fixings that go with it. And we'll talk to you next week.
I will. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, always love coming on with you. This is always a, a fun time. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. There he goes. Adam rank from NFL network and the sick podcast with Adam rank. When we come back, NFL coaches on the hot seat. Who's hot? Who's not? Who's getting warm? All that good stuff. And uh, I think we may have a Nick Sirianni clip because uh, just because we were talking about him, I just saw this online. So we're going to we probably have to play this because people really hate Nick Sirianni and he's probably good for football. All that coming up on the fan check down. Matt Marchese on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Checkdown, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and to everyone listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, subscribe, five stars. Hey, now. We love it. You know what else we love on this program? I mean, at least I do. I can't speak for Donovan. Uh, but maybe we'll ask him this question tomorrow. Although, I don't know if we're going to have time tomorrow. <laughs> like, there's a, three games and some big ones. Um, so, we got a lot to get to. But the one thing that I love in sports, and it's maybe my affinity for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, I love villains now hated them as a kid hated villains as a kid but now as I get older I realize that they are necessary in sports not in real life we don't need evil people but in sports villains are necessary because they are what helps the sports world go round and in this case there's a lot of hate for Nick Sirianni online. And maybe this is a glimpse as to why. This is Nick Sirianni post-game after defeating the Chiefs at Arrowhead. (laughs) I don't hear bleep anymore, Chiefs fans. See ya! And he flies on the sidelines and all that wonderful stuff. And everybody hates Nick Sirianni. You know what I say? Good for Nick Sirianni. Embrace the Italian in him has embraced the villain. By the way, he wears an Italian flag on his visor. Like, good for him. I was going to say he knows where his bread is buttered, but that's really not an Italian thing to do. Although, if you live in the north, I mean, I guess. Not to give you a geography lesson, but they use a lot of butter in their cooking in the north. A lot of oil in the South. Just a heads up if you're going. But Nick Sirianni has really embraced this villain role. And I don't, and the thing is, is I don't view the Eagles as a villain as much as people just view Nick Sirianni as a villain. And now we've gotten to the point with the tush push, the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. And people hate on that too. Nick Sirianni's motto at this point is probably. They hate us because they ain't us. And as it should be, the Eagles are 9-1, and one, the best record in football. And frankly, I don't think that they've played all that well, which is a really, really strange thing to say about a 9-1 and one team. And by the way, have we, we did not talk about this yesterday. For those that are listening, please go check out the New York Jets 
Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called. I don't care. It's Twitter. When you go to Twitter.com, it comes up. Anyway, besides that point, the Jets made a post yesterday. And it's the Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meme where he's looking around and there's nobody else in the room. And it says, looking for other teams that have beaten the Eagles with the Jets logo on Will Smith. And it's like, man or woman, have a little bit of self-awareness. You're going into week 12 and you're starting Tim Boyle and you just got waxed by the Buffalo Bills who were having troubles on offense and couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense and you got absolutely waxed. Have a little bit of self-awareness. Aaron Rodgers is not coming through that door in week 12 to play for you. And your coach just kept out, kept trotting out Zach Wilson. Nuh-uh. Doesn't work for me. Speaking of that coach, among other coaches that are on the hot seat here, and I don't know how much blame you can put on Robert Sala at this point because this is not how it was supposed to go. They were supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't supposed to tear his Achilles or still not sure if it was an Achilles tear. I know that's what they want to tell us. But that's a really short period of time for him to come back from an Achilles tear. Anyway, but this is not how it was supposed to go. And this is this wasn't the plan for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was going to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and learn. And he was thrown into the fire in the first quarter of the first game of the season. This was not supposed to happen. This is also a little bit of an indictment on the job that Joe Douglas has done with this offensive line because it is, capital H, horrific. So I'm not, I'm not, maybe the seat is warm under Robert Sala because you can make the argument that this team with the quarterback play that they have had should be a lot worse. But there are other coaches that the hot seat is on fuego. Ron Rivera, Brandon Staley, Matt Eberflus, Bill Belichick. All of these guys can feel the pressure right now. And you can see it from Brandon Staley. Listen, we heard the press conference, or at least part of the press conference, earlier this week on this show, where he is fiery. He knows that this isn't going well. He's trying to keep that fire going so he can get hired somewhere else. And keep, you know, when you lie to yourself enough, you start to believe it. And that's what he's been doing. He's been lying and saying that the defense hasn't been the problem. Well, the numbers would dictate something else. Having said that, some stupid organization is going to hire him because he took over a Super Bowl winning defense with the LA Rams. Wade Phillips says, I'm good. Got a Super Bowl ring. Hey, we're going to Brandon Staley. Come on down. And Brandon Staley has been a joke. The post-game press conferences, defending his defense. There are defensive coordinators and head coaches around the league that would pay their left arm to have the talent on defense that Brandon Staley has and has done nothing with it. You can stop asking that question. I can stop asking that question because I know what the question is. It's, are you going to be the head coach of the LA Chargers at the start of next season? And the answer is no. 
Brandon Staley, you may be next. How about Ron Rivera? This one feels like an obvious one. This has been trending downhill basically since Ron Rivera got the job. And I'm sure Ron Rivera is a wonderful man. But he is not equipped to coach an NFL team at this moment in time. Riverboat Ron is more like lifeboat Ron at this point. Just try and keep the job. And if I'm the Washington commanders and this new ownership group, is it not in your best interest to let Ron Rivera go? You're going to pay him anyway. Give Eric Bieniemy a shot at running this team. You have the potential successor in your building. I would imagine that Eric Bieniemy was brought in to be the offensive coordinator with that thought in mind. Because if it wasn't with that thought in mind, then I don't know what we're doing here. But that offense, with a terrible offensive line, has been good. Has been really good, considering, actually. And Sam Howell, the fifth-round pick, has been way better than anyone could have imagined, especially considering the fact that he may be the most sacked quarterback in the history of the NFL, period. But that offense has been able to move the ball. The defense, on the other hand, has sucked. Really, really bad. Again, another team with a ton of talent on defense that you just went, what the heck happened here? Bad organizations stay bad because they don't make good decisions. That's an obvious statement. See the Atlanta Falcons. Looking at you, FedEx boy. But if you have Eric Bieniemy in your building, if you believe he can be the next head coach of this organization, why have you not made this decision yet? Give him some runway. Give him the opportunity to run a team. That's how you make this work. Remember the conversations about Eric Bieniemy at the beginning of the season? Players thought that the training camp was too hard. Oh, no. Too hard training camp. God forbid that you have to work for it. Because, frankly, the offense wasn't very good before Eric Bieniemy got there. With the talent that they had. And now, people are going, huh, look at how the offense is going. I guess that's what happens when you work hard and talent and hard work go together and you can create something. What a concept. So if I'm the Washington Commanders and I'm that, that new ownership group, Ron Rivera's time is probably done after tomorrow's game. And that's it. And then you give Eric Bieniemy the shot. Because if they don't, then this is an organizational failure. You know how you find out if a head coach is good? Let him be a head coach. But hey, don't take my advice. The other one, or maybe other two here, Matt Eberflus in Chicago. I mean, they had a really good effort against the Lions. But it's just, and the Lions are a really good team. There's no question. But I want to see what Justin Fields can do 
with a coach, an offensive coach, not named Matt Nagy, who's going to just crater your career and see what they can do with him. Hey, maybe Ben Johnson gets hired away. Austin was looking for that cheetah clip as I said it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, but maybe maybe that is the guy that can turn around Justin Fields' career. Because as we know, this is an audition the rest of the season for Justin Fields. And he could have another team next year, depending on how the rest of the season goes. And so if Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback, look, Matt Eberflus, I think, is gone anyway. But if he's going to be the quarterback of this team, you better not screw this one up again. Because here's another thing that young players need. It's called consistency. And Justin Fields hasn't been in the league that long. And yet he's had two head coaches. And I'm not sure that Luke Getzey's the answer there either as the offensive coordinator, but whoever the coach is going to bring in his own guy. But Matt Eberfuss has got to be on the hot seat here. I would assume that he is done at the end of the season, which then leads us to the legend himself, Mr. Bill Belichick, in the hood. And no tarp coming out of whatever house he was coming out of. I heard some rumblings about him wanting to go to or Washington being interested. And, and my head just spins. Like, you can't just make that style of coaching work in an organization when you just arrive. This has been something that Bill Belichick has been having billed for years, decades, with the New England Patriots. For him to go to an organization where that is not the organizational expectation, frankly, is a, is a disaster. And if you are hiring Bill Belichick to have full autonomy on football operations and what gets done on the field, then I'm sorry, but you are asking for trouble. And here's why. Have you seen Bill Belichick's record as a GM? Drafting and signing players and trading for someone like JC Jackson after it really didn't work for him with the Chargers and then telling him to stay home? when they go to Germany and the fact that they gave a boatload of money to Johnu Smith only to jettison him out of town, Hunter Henry, a boatload of money, Devonte Parker, a boatload of money, first round picks like Mac Jones and guys like Tyquan Thornton who got drafted probably three rounds ahead of where they got drafted or where they should have gotten drafted. He can't even get on the field. So if you are bringing in Bill Belichick to be the successor of whoever, and you're going to allow full autonomy, because let's face it, Bill Belichick is not going somewhere to just be the head coach. In my opinion, that is a massive, massive mistake by any organization that wants to make that hire. Do we want to do Arthur Smith here? Should we, should we, have we done enough Arthur Smith here? Because he's on the hot seat for sure. And as was mentioned, Desmond Ritter will be the quarterback 
for the foreseeable future, which we know in Atlanta could be two weeks because they'll just change their mind and go back to Taylor Heineke because, well, Desmond Ritter's just not cutting it. I don't know what Desmond Ritter could have learned in two weeks, but apparently Arthur Smith and company believe that he learned something. Has anybody ever thought that maybe Arthur Blank owes FedEx money? I'm just, just throwing it out there. For those that don't know, Arthur Smith owns, is a co-founder of Home Depot. Maybe, maybe there's some outstanding bills there. And maybe, just maybe, keeping Arthur Smith at the helm of his football team is the cure to all bills that need to be paid, all debts that need to be paid off? I don't know. Here's what I do know. Desmond Ritter, not the answer. For the organization that tried for Deshaun Watson, but also said, "Mm, thanks, but no thanks to Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, is better than Deshaun Watson. Again, what a concept. What a disaster in Atlanta. And a disaster with those other teams that that we had mentioned. We're going to see the coaching carousel again. Here's what's going to be interesting. Is if teams like the Raiders, like the Commanders, and hey, we might get to see what the New England Patriots philosophy is on their next coaching hire. Is what the process is and what the process looks like in hiring these head coaches. Because as we know, teams like the Commanders, teams like the Raiders, they've made mistakes and big ones. We will see. That's going to do it for us here on the Fan Checkdown. Thanks to Austin behind the glass. Matt Marchese signing off. Donovan will be back tomorrow. A full slate of Thanksgiving Day games should be a blast. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. Bye-bye.